What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Bash Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Chandler. This over here is my co-host, Jordan Harris. We are the Bash Brothers, the only podcast where it's like sitting around with your friends talking sports, life, everything in between. Jordan, how you feeling this Sunday, brother? Returning from Athens. Yeah, feeling good. Voices, voices, voices almost gone. I'm tired, but hey, we're here. Man, what a weekend. Yep. A lot of good football. Football from sunup. Literally, you had, you know, we kick off at noon. Auburn LSU kicks off at nine Eastern. Yeah, it was a late one. I mean, you had then you had like the Fresno State game late, the Arizona UCLA game late. It was a late one, but how was the trip, man? It was long. It was a long drive on the way back. Uh, Kayla drove, so I got to watch, attempt to watch some football. <laughs> I was going to say that Hulu, that Hulu Live, Hulu Live. It. I tell you what, though, when you're in the boondocks of Georgia, it don't pick up too well. Coming in clutch there with the Hulu Live. Uh, man, a lot has happened since we last sat on this couch uh, seven days ago. The Braves have clinched. They have. We were yep. right. Yeah. At one point, Sportsline gave them a 0.7% chance, and look at us now. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Here we are. We if only, on if only there were two handsome podcasters that would have called that was going to happen. I bet there were somewhere. There might have been Maybe somewhere. Maybe on this couch. But, man, college football was back this week, was daggum dynamic. And to me, we got to start here. Get your popcorn ready. Throw your headset, Lane Kiffin, because you about to get spanked. Oh, my gosh, bro. I know you weren't there, and I've told you a little bit about it. Watching this Alabama Ole Miss game was one of the funniest things I have done in a while. We literally sat around these TVs. We had four TVs this week. I know you saw that on social media. I did media. see that, yeah. We added one, 55-incher. Um, it was literally like a comedy roast. It was like Comedy Central. We're all just roasting Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Rebels. Listen, I like Ole Miss a lot. I think what they have done this year has been really, really good. I don't think they've really played anybody. And, unfortunately, they ran into, you know, right now the number one ranked team in the country, who a lot of people think are the best best football team in the country. And Lane Kiffin, I'm sure you've all seen it, starts off the day by cutting a wrestling, a WWE freaking pay-per-view speech and lets Holly Rowe, I'm not sure exactly who it was, says, get your popcorn ready, and then just throws the headset and runs off. And uh, that would be about the only yards Ole Miss would gain in and the first And just half. never looked back. They just absolutely don't, no, not at all. Not and at all. What's, what's bad is I had to miss most of this. Well, I'd say the first part of this game at least because obviously – we ended, I think we ended around 3.15, 3.20. I wasn't sure yeah, the exactly. the game was actually pretty quick because we, yeah. we started running the ball Oh, yeah, a bit. obviously. But then, obviously, that game kicked off at 3.30. And I don't know if you've ever been to a packed-out stadium or like a packed-out uh, Athens, Georgia in general, but you don't have any service when there's 96,000 people. And you're, not getting, any, you're people. not getting anywhere quick. No, absolutely not. So, I, I missed a good bit of this game. But what I did know was Brian Robinson Jr. absolutely gashed this Ole Miss defense. 36 carries, 171 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, yeah, you're not supposed to let a running back run up the middle, but he was pretty much able to do it at will. We tweeted about it, man. Halfback dive, halfback dive, halfback. Why wouldn't you call anything different? Everybody and their mom knew it was coming. I mean, he literally had, I think, four, you said four touchdowns? Four touchdowns, I think all yeah. of them came from the one-yard line on fourth and one. It wouldn't surprise me. So, just to kind of set the tone, Ole Miss comes out, gets the ball first, goes for it three times on fourth down, gets it the first two. On the third one, unfortunately, they don't convert. Bama turns that into the seven points. At halftime, I think it was 27 nothing. And, and Alabama never looked back. Yes, Ole Miss scores 21 points in garbage time. If you're an old, if you're an Ole Miss fan or if you're a uh, – uh, let's say you're against Alabama, you look at that and go, oh, they gave up 21 points. But let's be honest, that was against some third-string defense. Is Nick Saban and the, and the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide upset about it? Of course they are. Oh, yeah. You want the shutout. Let's be honest. 
that's a big deal. I mean, look at what Georgia did. But at the same time, that's what it was. Let's let's call a spade a spade. Alabama dominates this game from coin flip to, to four zeros on the clock. Well, let's be honest, too. If you were betting on Ole Miss on this game, which I'm going to be honest with you, you probably shouldn't have done. But if you were betting on Ole Miss, you were not betting on them to hold Alabama to 14 points. You were solely betting on them with Matt Corral to be able to move the ball and keep up with Alabama scoring. And they just didn't do it. I mean, Matt Corral, Bryce Young, obviously were the top two Heisman front runners coming into this game. There's now a clear Heisman front oh, runner. Oh, for sure. And it's not Matt Corral. And granted, Matt Corral didn't play bad. I mean, 21 for 29, over 200, 200 yards with a touchdown. Didn't I mean, he protected the ball. He That's a great to point, is to, to, to really look at Ole Miss didn't play a bad football game. They simply could not stop Alabama. Yeah, and they were simply outmatched. Right. And, they, yeah, they couldn't score. But they moved the ball well. Right. And, of course, I, I hate to continue on with the jokes, but let's be honest. That's Lane Kiffin's facade. That's right. who he is. He wants that. I mean, he follows one person on, on social media, and that's Arch Manning. Like, he's, he's right. with the trolls. He's with the jokes. You know what I'm saying? He In his halftime interview, he sits there, and they're like, what can you do better? He goes, well, <laughs> we got to convert better on fourth down. And we tweeted out, well, let's let's start with third down. You know, maybe that's somewhere we should start. Listen, you know, if you're going for it down seven to nothing on fourth down from your own side of the field, there's nothing. You might as well uh, take your whitey tidies off, wave them overhead, and say, "We think you're going to destroy us today." Like, yeah. come on, bro. If you really thought you could play with them boys, you punt the football down seven to nothing, and you come and you play oh, yeah. defense. So, so fourth down or all the fourth downs uh, was that savage or stupid on Lane Kiffin's part? What do you What do you think? Well, the first drive, I, I liked it because yeah. listen, you you they got to uh, Alabama side of the field fairly quickly. I believe all three of the fourth downs were either forty five and up or on Alabama side of the field. So I don't hate that. But when you're down, you're only down seven points and you're going for it on fourth down from your side of the field, nothing screams surrender Cobra more than, oh, yeah. I don't. I just don't think I can beat you that yeah. way. I mean, Bama should have won this to begin with, but I, th- I think Lane Kiffin was probably crying his hot popcorn ball, the bowl at the end of the night there. Hey, finish your popcorn, to, fam, because we, yeah. we got to go. The, yeah, ca- the, car, go. the car's about to start up. So, honestly, takeaways from this game have got to be, man, Alabama comes out and absolutely handles business. Yeah. I think, too, and we were saying this before the game even kicked off because people were talking to like, there were a lot of people picking Ole Miss. Oh, yeah. And me and my brother are sitting around. Hunter was in there too. And we're just talking like, this is all just an, I hate to go here. This is just an ESPN hype job. Oh, for sure. Like every, like last year, they love to tell you, Ole Miss almost beat Alabama last year. No, Alabama beat them by 15 points at yeah. Ole Miss. Like, I'm sorry, you lose by 15 points, you got spanked. Oh, yeah. I mean, all this was was just an overhyped game. Ole Miss, best team they had played in coming into this was Louisville, who's, let's be honest, is not that great of a team. No. And even Louisville scored some points on them. Right. This was just an overhyped matchup that Ole Miss, sadly, was not ready for. Yeah. Still think Ole Miss is probably, uh, you know, a top seven SEC program, top oh, sure. six. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But Ole Miss wasn't ready for this. Yeah, for sure. Bars. Well, moving on from the – the playoff contender in Alabama to the playoff pretender, we had a little upset. We had a in big, the Pac-12. we had a big upset. And honestly, bro, hey, give me a knuckle bump. We yeah. actually picked some good football games this week. Oh, we did for sure. We were actually successful in our pickums this week, uh, except for this one. Yeah. This one, I don't even think we picked it. We had to pick it on college pickem. Yeah. Obviously, everybody went with uh, Oregon. Had to. We are referencing Oregon Stanford. Let me catch you up at. Uh, at about a minute and 15 seconds left in this football game, ESPN's uh, 
like predictor statistic analysis thing. 98.7%. They were literally down to a 0.1% chance of winning this football game. They had to go on a 98-yard drive, fourth and good, get all the way to fourth and goal, yeah. fade. We got fades for days coming out of here out of Tanner McKee, who has played really good football. If you're not watching Stanford, Tanner McKee, he came in. He is the backup. He's now the starter. Isn't that it, Tanner McKee? Yeah, Tanner Playing McKee. Playing very, very well. So, Tanner McKee throws a fade, defensive holding. We got one untimed down. Guess what play he calls? Fade to the other side of the end zone. Touchdown. Let your six-foot-three big fella go up and get it. We now get overtime. Stanford comes out, gets a touchdown on the start. Oregon gets to return serve. Fourth and eight. Can't complete. Stanford with, I got to call, the biggest upset of college football so far. Yeah, number three uh, to an unranked Stanford. I mean, in a in a in a massive pool of upsets this season. Yeah. I think this stands above the rest. What you think? Well, not only that, but I mean, this is something talked about earlier. I mean, this may have just kind of cannibalized themselves out of the playoffs. If we're being honest, for as far as we conference might have goes. to have that conversation a little but, later. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Tanner McKee, twenty six or twenty of thirty six, two hundred thirty yards, three touchdowns. I was again trying to watch this as we were coming home yesterday, and. You know, I think I, I think I turned off my stream and swapped to another game, like right there at three minutes left. Oregon had the ball. I'm like, they're up a touchdown. This is an easy dub. And then all of a sudden I look at my ESPN app and it says, oh, Stanford's driving. So I flip it back over. I get to see the last two plays of the defensive holding and then the fade to go in overtime. And just just incredible, like, just drive in general. I mean, let's be honest, Anthony Brown, 14-26, 186 yards, one interception. The last play of the game that ultimately lost him in the game, dude had a guy pretty much wide open three yards shorter than where he threw it. I don't know what – I mean, you get the first down. It's fourth down. You don't need a touchdown. You need to convert to get more downs. You had some and, big plays in this football game, though. Verdahl goes out, you know, Oregon's running back, right. who's played really, really well in their big games. Uh, and, and to me, this whole game is on Tanner McKee. Like, I don't know if you've seen that massive hit he took from Thibodeau. He goes and he sits out two or three plays, comes back like an absolute warrior, drives them down the field, and obviously ultimately wins in overtime. You know, this week, I sent y'all a photo. I sent a couple people in our picking group a photo. And it was like the Michigan game, the Oregon game, the Oklahoma right. game, you know, the Ohio State game. It, there was one more team on there I can't remember. And I said, one of these teams are going to lose. One of these will be massive upsets. We actually tweeted it out, too. We tweeted a poll of these four t- or those five teams. Right. Who will get upset? I ultimately thought Michigan would get upset. That didn't happen. And it ends up being Oregon, number three, falls. I mean – I mean, look out for Stanford. I picked Stanford last week when they played UCLA. Right. If they would have won that football game, man, you'd have to look at Stanford as a legit contender. That'd be two big wins, but ultimately they fall to UCLA. Yeah. But they get the job done here. Also, I mean, like just moving forward, too, like how does this make Ohio State's loss look, too? I mean, I think it kind of dissolves a little bit as well. I think so, too. But And we'll we'll get to Ohio State because I think that is a conversation that has to be had there. there there's, some, there's some talk around Ohio State going on right now, and this is pretty interesting. But uh, but yeah, I mean, maybe it dilutes it a little bit. But I think with this much chaos going on in uh in college football today, you just better win, man. Yeah, you better win. You're gonna get qual. You you want to get quality wins as much as you can. But at the end of the day, let's be honest, just win. Le- leave no doubt. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, it's it's, it's crazy up in here. Yeah. Let's do some late night SEC. Okay. Tigers versus Tigers. Oh. We were split on this one. You went with LSU. I switched yep. my pick to Auburn pretty much at the last minute. I finally talked myself into it because everything was pointing us there. Uh, Bo Nix, man. Yeah. Bo Nix. The magic of Bo Nix. I mean, Auburn is an interesting team this year, right? They are. They have now played in what most would consider two out of the top 
four toughest places to play college football. Yeah. And played very competitive against Penn State. Right. Um, a lot of people think they even should have won the football game. I'm one of those people. Uh, they lose by one score to Penn State. They then go to Georgia State. I don't – I think we – I think the swell of LSU points – was an overreaction to the Georgia State game. Right. Listen, it's tough to get 18 to 21-year-olds up for football every single week. You have a massive game at Penn State. You then run into Georgia State, and you think you're just going to throw your helmet out there and win. Yes, you struggle. The backup has to come in and, and handle the business to, to do the 99-yard drive. Then you go up against LSU, and, I mean, aside from, L- from Auburn's defense, Auburn looks pretty freaking good. Yeah, they do. I mean... Let's be honest here. LSU, I don't know what if you, I picked LSU in this game. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I was set on Auburn. I sat there and thought about it. Bo Nix has continually lost me games in Pickham, so I went to LSU. On paper, Auburn's a clear better team. You look at yards per game. You look at yards allowed per game. You look at any kind of statistic you can look at. Auburn is clearly better. Neutral site, you pick Auburn all right, day long, 100%. twice on Sunday. Not not game at Death Valley. Uh. Maybe not. That's the variable. Yeah. LSU drove the ball very well. They got into the red zone numerous times. The issue here is they had to settle for field goals. If they were able to get the ball in the end zone like they should have, been, like they, should have they win easily. They win easily. But at the end of the day, Auburn kept them out of the end zone. Bo Nix had to run a little magic. He ran about a 5K at least every drive, just scrambling from LSU's defense and made some phenomenal throws that one to Tyler Fromm say, in the end zone. What's beautiful is is the play that we're referencing, which might be the play of the year. I'm sure you've seen it. Just go on SportsCenter. They're probably replaying it every 10 minutes. The pass he threw, man, you couldn't throw it any better. Oh, no, and they kept referencing him to Johnny Manziel. And granted, like, if you know – It was similar. If you listened to me last year, you know how much I dislike Bo Nix because how inconsistent he is. But, I mean, I got to be honest. He looked just like Johnny Manziel in this game. I mean, the dude – the, the fumble in Alabama where he fumbled the ball, caught it, ran back around and threw a touchdown yep. the year Texas a and beat Alabama. Yep. I mean, it's it's shades of that, let's be honest. It really was. And he had a game, man. 23 of 44, 255 and a touchdown, 12 carries for 74 yards and a rushing touchdown. He did it all. He led the team in rushing. He did. And you have, and, Tank, and Bigsby. You have Tank Bigsby on the team and Shivers and that third string who is just a freaking bullet when he's running. Holy cow, the kid's fast. And, and you also got to say, too, uh, Auburn ends up missing two field goals here themselves. That's true. So that's yeah. another six points if you want, you know, but, you know, if ifs and nuts or candies and butts. But Auburn has looked good, and that looks good for us because we called that at the start of the season. We said, listen, Brian Harson going to be better than people think. Yeah. They now have one of those five wins we talked about. I thought they would have two at this point. Right. Because I thought they would have beat Penn State. And, uh, man, that Penn State loss is going to haunt them. It is. Because they're about to run into a buzzsaw next week, too, with the say, dogs. you, but, you got a red and black running into uh, the Plains next week. But talk about a heck of a game. I mean, seriously, Tigers on Tigers in Death Valley. That was a blast. Speaking of Tiger, Cat, somewhere in here, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Bro, they did it. They did. They did it. Cincinnati is now an absolute playoff contender. And let's be honest, they've already ran their gauntlet. They have. They're done. Now that you now you finish the drill and you hope for some chaos in front of you. Cincinnati rolls down in front of touchdown Jesus. Cincinnati Notre Dame. Listen, Notre Dame played serviceable, oh, but yeah. I think this went exactly the we both picked Cincinnati. Uh we picked them over. They end up they, they were only favored by two points. Let's be honest, if it wasn't for those late touchdowns Notre Dame scored, it would have been a blowout. Yeah. But they get the win twenty four thirteen. What'd you see? Yeah, I mean Let's be honest, you got to wonder what might have happened if Jack Cohn was in this game. Obviously, he's still – He did play. He did they play. played all three guys, yeah. Okay, got you. 
but you know this one was going on while Jordan was in yeah, San Francisco. Yeah, I was about to say I was so riding. So I was trying to. Yeah, I was trying to. This one up. was tough for him anyway, to catch up with. So Desmond Ritter, nineteen of thirty-two, two hundred ninety-seven yards, two touchdowns. I mean, they handled business in South Bend. Desmond Ritter played phenomenal. He did. Yeah, and I mean, I think that was our biggest question mark as after last week. Obviously, Notre Dame's defense looked incredible, and uh, Cincinnati's offense yeah. is a real sus. They I have. Mean, they, so. A lot of people say, and, and I get this point, I guess, a lot of people smarter than me say they should have lost that Indiana game. Yeah. But let's be honest, they handle business in Indiana. They come in here, and, and I, you got to give credit to Notre Dame. I thought this would be harsher than it was I, because of Notre Dame's schedule. I mean, they just right. come off of a big game versus Wisconsin. They march into here on their home field. Cincinnati just did the dang thing, man. They did. They had all goals in front of them when the season started. The only thing now is you obviously you can't slip. Right. But now we have to really look at this, right? Um, you know, as soon as everything happened yesterday, I got on Twitter and uh, Chris Fowler, the one who calls uh, college football games with Kurt Herbstreit, replies to somebody who's credited at ESPN. He's like, so you really would take Cincinnati over a one-loss Ohio State? You really would take Cincinnati over a one-loss Oklahoma, an undefeated Oklahoma? I would, as of right now. I know a lot of people will. But that is a conversation that's going to have is. to be had. It is. I mean, let's say Oklahoma runs the table. Right now, they are behind Cincinnati yeah. in the AP poll. You really going to take an undefeated or a, uh, undefeated Cincinnati over an undefeated Oklahoma? That's a good question. I don't think you can do that. It depends, right? Because let's be honest. So, they play a Friday night game that's coming a week against Temple. They're be 20, real careful, Cincinnati. I agree. But they're a 28-point favorite, right? And as of right oh, now. Oh, they're favorite. They're going to be heavily favored well, in every game they play. If you cover these favorites, you're going to win by a lot of points. Oh, yeah. You're so going to have to – you need to blow everybody you out. You get that eye test. You still have, as of right now, a top 25 matchup with an undefeated SMU. You know, I mean, that's late in the season. Who knows what could happen there. You probably have to rematch somebody in your title game. And and let's be honest here, too. Uh, Iowa and Penn State play this week. That's only two teams ahead of you in the AP poll in this new poll. So, I mean – Right there, I have to figure they're going to be in the top four most likely after the end of this week. That is true. That is true. Uh, I mean, ultimately, the takeaway from this is that Cincinnati did it. They did. They, they finished eighth last year. They start eighth this year. They, um, they I'm talking about in the playoff uh, selection show last year. They're, they they start eighth in the AP poll, and everybody said it. Go to Indiana and win. Go to Notre Dame and win, and be undefeated. Yeah. And we'll and we'll talk. Yeah. And they did it, or they've done two thirds of that. Right. And let's be honest, I think the lowest FPI favorite in any of their games is like 80%. Right. Which is, let's be honest, that's that's games you're supposed to win if you, if you don't know about the FPI. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, hats off to the Bearcats. I mean, yep. what can you say? I think Notre Dame's out. You agree? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Especially not playing in a conference, no conference championship. I agree. got to be. Notre Dame's out, which honestly – to all my college football fans out there who are not Notre Dame fans, you probably tip your cap to that one. Oh, 100%. Thank goodness. But uh, like I said last week, I think Cincinnati might just take the place of Notre Dame if they get in. Oh, yeah. I think whoever draws that card might well, put the Notre Dame treatment I'm on. I'm going to be honest with you, and maybe this is a bad take. I don't know. I'd 100% rather see a first-time Cincinnati team oh, get blown out than Notre Dame be blown out for Great the 47th take. time. I could not agree more. There's new blood in the top five. There's yep. new blood in the top 25. There'll be new blood in the playoffs, and I think everybody's excited about that. Yeah. Now, brother, we get to do something that we have not done in a couple weeks. This has been hard not to we do. We have purposefully left off the dogs because, listen, we're Georgia fans. We're big Georgia fans. We both graduated from the University of Georgia, been doing this our whole life. And uh, we finally get to talk, man. Dogs on top. Yeah. Game of the dogs week. Dogs on top. You were there, bro. Set the scene. I was. All right, so we, we went up on Friday, got there. I got to uh, college game day early on Friday, got to meet David Pollock. 
I wasn't too far away awesome. from Holly Rowe. Uh, a lot like Arkansas, I got blown out in a cornhole tournament at the game day on Friday. <laughs> not bad, so. not bad. But anyway, yeah, we get there um, Get there Saturday. We got there a little early. I didn't go to game day because it was going to be packed. We saw the dog wall. We got in the sands. It was a nice day. I mean, it was a noon game, but there was cloud cover. It was kind it of looked nice out there. Yeah, it looked nice. But, man, I tell you what, you know, we've been to – you've been to more than I have, I think. But, I mean, I think I've been to a total of 25 games since being a student there and all that. Absolute loudest game I've ever been to, hands down. We come out. It feels good. Obviously, we score a touchdown on the first drive. Arkansas takes the field in that stadium absolutely Two false ruts. starts off rip. Two false starts off rip. I was sitting next to uh, it was a guy, and I guess he took his daughter as like her first game. She was sitting there. She was sitting there asking him like, Am I, "Are my earbuds going to be okay?" Like she thought her eardrums were going to get blown out. It was, and granted, we were a hundred stories up. I mean, we were up at the very tip top. I couldn't imagine what the hundred section of that field sounded like. It was incredible, but. And it transferred on television, too. Let me tell oh, you, I'm you sure. could tell that place was going crazy. It, it was an electric scene. Even to be 12 o'clock, imagine if that game was 7. Oh, yeah. 100%. A night game like that. But uh, another one for the dogs. We were right. Yeah. Great pick there. Yeah. Uh, we both said – we said three touchdowns. So, yeah. we underestimated the dogs. So, you know, let's call a spade a spade. So – uh, Stetson Bennett gets the start. Right. Uh, JT Daniels is dealing with the lat injury, oblique, yep. whatever they're going to call it. Uh, he comes out for warm-ups. Jordan's actually giving me the play-by-play. He's like, <laughs> he's warming up. He's sending me text messages, and, and we're kind of going over what's going to happen here uh, from early morning all the way to kickoff. Yeah. So, Stet gets the start, and it's just all dogs, man. It is. I mean. It is. You, you KJ Jefferson in Arkansas has played a really good season. Two great wins. I think that Texas win is looking better and better every week, too. Oh, yeah. Texas is playing really good football. Hey, they beat them. Uh, Texas A&M. Not so much. I know, but they still beat them. They did. I mean, they got a, yeah. they got a big SEC win with a lot of eyes on them in primetime there. And they come into, you know, we, we reference it a lot. We say they run into a buzzsaw. I mean, just an absolute beatdown. It was. I mean, I feel like Kirby kind of came out here and said, we're going to play a vanilla game and we're just going to run the ball as much as possible. And they didn't have, I mean, they had, that's all they had to do. Stead, obviously, 7 for 11, 72 yards, was efficient, but didn't have to do much. I mean, let's be honest. James Cook had 12 carries, 87 yards. Zamir White, 16, 68 yards. He had three Mac- TDs, too. Yeah. And he got the punt return touchdown. Yeah. McIntosh, 10 carries, 57 Art, yards. Kendall Mitten, 12 carries, 48 yards. I mean, he just ran the stable. I mean, that's all he had to do. Obviously, block punt that from Dan Jackson that scored a touchdown. Zeus. And, I mean, the obviously, the stadium, Sanford's very loud. The stadium helped George on defense tremendously, but, man, that defense just got after KJ, and they just really couldn't do a whole lot. Those fake four sa- options, another four sacks on yeah. the day. Those fake options, though, I mean, I'm sure they look good on TV. They were nasty in the stands. I mean, oh, KJ I did very well on those. I bet, I bet. Yeah, I mean, you know, I hate to be this way, but that's what we expected. You know, yeah. it's a lot like Ole Miss. I don't think they're quite there yet. Sam Pittman has done a phenomenal job oh, at Arkansas. Still at this moment, moment for me, uh, SEC Coach of the Year, you know, candidate for Coach of the Year overall. But it just it's just not their time yet. You know, he's only in the second year of that program. A lot of growth needs to be had. They also just had a massive game last week. You come into what for them is a sleepy noontime game with a freaking yeah. crowd who's elite going absolutely nuts. Answered the call of Kirby Smart there. Even with the backup quarterback. But I think a lot of people are going, you know, the second half was boring. Well, that was Kirby Smart being a friend of Sam Pittman. Oh, yeah. We could have put up 50 points on him, throwing the football. 
they didn't, and they still couldn't really stop us running. But that eight clock and, and got Arkansas out of there. Dogs win thirty-seven to nothing. Uh, how you feel about the narrative that it's Bama Georgia? Big, 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 big gap. Everybody else. Oh, I mean, you got to think that right now. I mean, right now the only two dominant looking teams in college football throughout the whole. I mean, like you talking about all three phases: offense, defense, special teams. It's been Bama Georgia, and I mean everybody else is just kind of trying to catch up at this point. I agree. I completely agree. So, uh, I mean. Moving into next week, I think I think that has to be the the narrative. It's it's Alabama, it's Georgia. I think Iowa and Penn State look really good. They Iowa do. had a mass. I thought that was a massive win at Maryland uh, Friday yeah. night. But um, but yeah, I mean, big upsets, big winners. We picked well in, yep, the, in that slate of games. Yeah. And now we got to go for a little quick hits, bro. Two minute drill for those of you sitting at home, the ones in attendance, the ones listening in your car, radio, wherever you are. We're about to run through about 12 to 15 football games on about a single breath, as quick as we can, back and forth style here, me versus Jordan, to get you all caught up on the glorious game of football that was week five. Jordan, I'll let you start us off, bro. All right, let's do it. A little Friday Night Lights action here. Number five, Iowa rolled into Maryland. This was going to be kind of a close game. It was not, though, however. Uh, Spencer Petras, 21-30, 259 yards, three touchdowns. The Heisman contender, Talia Tugavawa, not so much anymore, threw five picks on the day. Iowa just absolutely handled business and beat uh, Maryland 51-14. to Same Friday Night Lights action. Number 13, BYU goes to Utah State. A scary one here on a Friday night for BYU, especially with the backup quarterback. But let's be honest, the Romney brothers are absolutely lighting it up. Literally the backup quarterback, his brother's the wide receiver there for BYU. BYU, another one of these non-Power 5 teams that are answering the bell. They're still undefeated with two big Pac-12 wins on their resume already. You know, watch out for the Cougars there. Indiana, Penn State, Big Ten matchup here. Uh, Michael Penn, wind, Penn State wound up doing the shutout to Indiana, 24-0. Michael Penix Jr., another sub of, just kind of subpar game, I guess. 10-22, 118 yards, one interception. Shutout. Yep, shutout. Clifford, four Penn State, 17-33, 178 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Big test for the Nitty Lions this coming up week. Yes, it is. Number six, Oklahoma goes on the road to Kansas State. They have owned them the past two years. A lot of people are putting them on upset alert here. Spencer Rattler answers the call after last week, getting chance for the backup. 22 of 25, 243 yards, two touchdowns. Did throw a pick, but uh, closer than the experts thought for sure. Six-point yeah. game here, 37-31. Kansas State with some late-game heroics to try to make it a game, but ultimately Oklahoma handles business before a red rival shootout. A little SEC action going on here. Number 10, Florida rolls into the bluegrass state of Kentucky. They get the L here for the first time in I don't know how many years. It was like 1980-something. Yeah, it's been a while. Kentucky, 20, Florida 13, Emory Jones 23-31, one touchdown, one interception. Stat line doesn't show up, but he's kind of been rolling here lately. Kentucky wins the game pretty much on a blocked field goal that also uh, Florida kind of returned the uh, block point after right after that. So that was interesting if you watched that. But, yeah, Kentucky's looking good here, 5-0 and to start the season. Ohio State goes on the road to Rutgers. This was another one people were looking at to be a little closer than the experts thought. C.J. Stroud steps back on the field for a glorious return and says, I don't think so. Goes 17-23 to 23 for 330 and five touchdowns. Let me tell you something. Ohio State, they slipped early versus Oregon. They looking real good. You better beware the Ohio State Buckeyes. Big 10 matchup here, number 14. Michigan goes on the road to Wisconsin. The team that I think has one of the worst quarterbacks in the Power Five, but uh, Graham Mertz didn't get to show how good he could do there. Got hurt and had to leave the game. But, 
yeah, Michigan handles business here, 38-17. Cade McNamara, 17-28, 197 yards. Two touchdowns, Michigan handles business on the road and stays undefeated. Upset, Mississippi State, Texas A&M. A late game push there by uh, uh, Will Rogers. Will Rogers has a great game, 45-59, 408 yards, three touchdowns. And number 15, Texas A&M falls. And daggum, I hate it for you, Aggies. Maybe next year. And you got a big one coming up, another one next week. You better strap in. Great job, Mississippi State. Western Kentucky University rolls into Michigan State here. Michigan State does get the win to stay undefeated, 48-31. to 31, But a little bit of a scare there, 31 points from Western Kentucky. Uh, Michigan State, uh, Thorne for Michigan State, 20-30, 327 yards. One touchdown, Big Ten, a lot of undefeated teams left. We're going to see how this plays out coming into the end of the season. We'll have to speak about that. Another upset, may have late night, Hawaii, <laughs> number 18, Fresno State. Number Fre- Fresno State, Jake Hager, everybody has been super – Jake Hayner, sorry. Everybody's been super high on him. Has honestly played really well until he ran up against the Rainbow Warriors. 388 yards, three touchdowns, but he throws four picks. Hawaii gets a massive upset. Day Hunter gets has a great night, 21 carries, 127 yards, 27-24, and another ranked team falls. Ranked team's falling. Number 21, Baylor, rolls into Oklahoma State. Spencer Sanders for Oklahoma State. Three, tu- or three interceptions on the day, sorry. Still not enough for Baylor, who won the turnover battle 3 nothing. Winds up losing 14-24 to to Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State stays undefeated. Keep the upset and the ranked team's falling trend going late night. Pac-12 after dark. Arizona State, UCLA. UCLA coming off that big win against Stanford, but they run into the Sun Devils. Sun Devils get the win 42-23 and are now only 4-1 and with one loss to BYU, who is, let's be honest, ranked now, I think, in the top 10. ASU with only one loss, and it's not a conference loss. You better Watch out for for Herm Edwards and the Sun Devils. And that'll do it yeah. for Bash Brothers. Quick hits. A two-minute drill. Man, that's pretty good. Dude, that's so much fun for me. Yeah. It's like like that, that, that sportscaster dream, you know? Yeah. ESPN, call us. Hire us. We're, we're, we're ready and waiting. And minimal stuttering, too. So, I mean, very, yes, go. very minimal. Let's be honest. It's bound to happen. Bro, a lot, of, a lot has happened. We've had a month of football now. Yep. We're now in October. It's spooky season. It is. How about a little factor fiction? Okay. I'm just going to throw out a statement. You can throw out some statements. And just kind of off the cuff here, I want to know your honest and genuine thoughts. And let's start here. You know, we've seen, like I said, we've, we've referenced it. There's been a lot of football has been played so far. And I want to ask you a question. Okay. Clemson, unranked for, I think, the first time in like 20 years. Yeah. Wins the ACC. Factor fiction. I got to go with fiction. Honestly. Okay. I mean, okay, so let's be honest here. Let's just, let's just look at them. In in their side of the conference, the Atlantic side, right now you got Wake Forest, 3-0 in conference play, NC State, 1-0 in conference play, and that one winning is obviously against Clemson. Clemson's 2-1 right now. They're third in their, on their side of the conference. And on the coastal side, Pitt is 1-0, Virginia Tech 1-0 in conference play. Clemson, their defense still looks pretty good, right? I mean, honestly, the, the, they look like the Clemson defense we've known and loved, but Absolutely escaped last night against yeah. Boston College. That fumble over, it's, it's, I think it's second and goal. They're on Boston College on about the three yard line. They hike it over the quarterback's head. Yeah, and uh, Clemson's defense saves but, them once again. But I mean, their offense—it just hasn't got it together at all. I mean, we saw the game versus Georgia. We thought, okay, it's just a high defensive game, right? I mean, they'll get together. Just have not gotten anything started. They're not scoring points like they need to. There's obviously—I don't know if you saw it—but there's a video of DJ. 
um, last night after midnight when they got when they got done with their game and everything. He went to the to the field and just started practicing. I mean, you know, I love that though. Yeah, absolutely oh, yeah. love that. You know, the kids got to feel the pressure. But I mean, it's it. I don't I don't see him getting it together. I don't see where Clemson could reasonably. A, they might even get to the conference championship, but B, I just don't see them winning it if they do. I'm with you. I think I got to call fiction here, too, because the evidence does not back up calling that a fact. Right. I think it's possible they make it there, but the offense just isn't there. You know, you call it – I mean, Virginia Tech has looked pretty good. I mean, obviously, NC State, you know, gets the win this weekend and and beat Clemson last week. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to count out North Carolina – yeah. Wake Forest is still undefeated overall. Right. I mean, there's there's definitely some contenders here. And let's be honest, if you can score points against Clemson, and you you got a good shot of winning. Yeah. I never thought I would say that at the beginning of the year. I mean, holy cow, what does five weeks do? Clemson now unranked, and you're hearing us two tell you. I don't think they. I don't think they get an ACC title this year. No. Break that six years, uh, the six year dream. And we predicted them to win the ACC at the beginning of the year. Oh, by far. That was one of the ones I was confident yeah, in. Yeah, me too. All right, hit me with a fact or fiction. What you got? Right, you, uh, okay, let's let's go here. Uh, number three, Oregon gets upset yesterday, right? So that, that that poses the question to me. We 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 said about the ACC last year. We'll say about, or not last week. We'll say about the Pac-12 this week. Fact or fiction, the Pac-12 is out of the playoff hunt. Daggum. We had to do this last year, man. We, we referenced it a lot. We caught a lot of heat last year. Yeah. Uh, we told you last well, last year in like week three the Pac-12 was out. We told you this year in week four the ACC was out. It's now week five, the Pac-12 is out. Yeah. I mean, you now have no undefeated Pac-12 teams remaining. Um, I, I just referenced it. Arizona State looks good. Oregon has looked good. Uh, UCLA looked good early. It's just not there for them this year, especially with the talent in front of them. Big Big Ten is stacked. Yeah. Uh, Big 12 still I think has three uh, undefeated teams. SEC has three, I believe, in Bama, Georgia, Kentucky. Are they, yeah, um, I think that's it. Yeah, there's just a lot of talent out there. Cincinnati's still undefeated in front of them. I don't think they make the pushback. They didn't really fall too far. I think we'll talk about the AP and a poll in a second. I think they fell to like maybe eight or nine, somewhere in there. I hadn't memorized it just yet. But for me, I got to call I, I gotta call fact. I don't believe the – I believe the ACC is out. I mean, the ACC and the uh, – the uh, Pac-12 is out. Yeah, I got to agree with you. I think that's 100% fact. I think they're out. I mean, let's look at historically here. A two-loss team has never made it into the never. playoffs. Granted, with chaos this season, that could happen. I was going to say, we, you we have a three-loss team in there, but, bro. But, I mean, let's be honest here. One-loss teams in the Pac-12, Oregon State unranked. Oregon now at number eight. And then ASU now at uh, 22. They're, they're just too far back. And if we're being completely honest, that's probably not the only loss these teams are going to have at the end of the season. Oregon maybe Oregon might stay with one loss. I could see that, but I just with with who they lost to, an unranked two loss Stanford. I just I don't see it happening. I, I think the Pac twelve is one hundred percent out at this point. Yeah, and and Oregon has the big win at Ohio State, which I referenced earlier. I think that loss that that win is going to look better and better because I think Ohio State is one of those teams that struggled early, who's figuring it out a little bit, especially right. with the reemergence of C J Stroud. But yeah, it's like you said, you know. Who do they play from here on out? Yeah. Who in the Pac-12 is ranked besides those two teams? It's just not – there's not enough depth there. There's not enough strength to the resume. So, I, at this moment, Pac-12 out. Yeah, I agree. All right, I got to – this is a, this is an interesting one. Okay. We might be split on this one. Fact or fiction, at the end of the regular season, 
mm-hmm. there will be no undefeated Big Ten teams left. Ooh. That's a that's a loaded question there. That is loaded. You got to you got to wrap the brain around this one. Okay. All right. Well, well, let's break it down right now. All right. So Give them the stats. I'll break it down for you. So we got four undefeated teams left in the Big Ten. That's Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, and Iowa. Right. There you go. So okay, let, let's be honest. Iowa, Penn State play each other this week. Those two are going to handle Burp. at least one. One's gone. Right there. Michigan and Penn State and Michigan State all have Ohio State left on their schedule. Who's looking dominant. And if I'm going to be honest with you, I think Ohio State probably wins all three of those games, but, I mean, that's another pick them for another day. And Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State all play each other. Cannibalism. But I'm going to have to go with fact. Really? I think there is one Big Ten team that stays undefeated at the end of the season. Good call. I think it's Iowa. And granted, Iowa has not looked great on on offense. They have a good defense, but great defense. Let's let's be honest with you here. They play Penn State this week. I I think Iowa at home walks away with that game. And Is after a free that, pick? after that, they have Purdue at home, Wisconsin on the road, Northwestern on the road, Minnesota at home, Illinois at home, and Nebraska. On the road. That's a tough road schedule, though. It is. It's a tough road to hoe, for sure. But to me, the only one that really, really scares me is Wisconsin, and Wisconsin hasn't looked that great. I, I mean, I, I feel like if – I don't know. Nebraska's playing good football. They are At playing home, good it'll football. be the final game of the season. That's a tough one there. You better maybe, be real careful. Maybe. But, I mean, yeah, if, if Iowa wins this game this week, I think they stay undefeated. I think that leaves the Big Ten with one undefeated team. Okay, let me throw a variable in. Penn okay. State Penn State wins this weekend. Oh, then no. You don't so – you, no. So, you're on Hawkeyes or nothing. 100% because Penn State's back-end schedule does not favor them winning every game. Not at all. I'm with you. If there is any team to do it, it is Iowa. However, I'm going fiction. Okay. I don't I, – or I say, I guess, fact. I can't remember how I posed the question. There will be no undefeated teams left in the Big Ten. Iowa has always had a good, hard-nosed defensive football team. It's the standard for the, for the Hawkeyes. I've been very high on Iowa this season. Right. I was high on them coming in. I picked them against Iowa State. They get a dominant victory there. Great win against Maryland this past Friday night. You talk about a weeknight game on the road, Big Ten matchup. Oh, yeah. That is, you know, upset alert central, and they beat the absolute breaks off of Maryland, 51-14. to 14. Yep. And Maryland, you know, is lucky to get the 14 points after Tugavailoa throws so many interceptions. I think they slip up, however. Okay. At this moment, I won't call who. I will say be careful of that Nebraska game. I'll repeat that. But there's a reason that every year we have so little undefeated teams Oh, left. yeah, for sure. To go, you know, 10-0, 11-0, whatever it is, without your conference championship is a tough thing to do. I mean, it always is. There's a reason why there's only two or three who do it. I don't think Iowa is that guy, pal. I don't think you're that guy, pal, just yet. So give me no undefeated teams in the Big Ten. Okay, I like it. I like it. AP poll's out. It is out. What do you think? You see, I mean, trends. I mean, honestly, I feel like we break down the AP poll every week, and we're like, oh yeah, like Oregon's ranked number three. This will be good. Well, they're not there anymore. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I think one thing that's kind of interesting, obviously, is if we start the playoffs tomorrow. You don't have two SEC teams and two Big Ten teams in the playoffs. I think that's very interesting. You would leave out three conferences. Yeah. And, and granted, the two Big Ten teams, nobody we expected, right? Nope, not at all. I Ohio mean, State not being one of them. I was, I, yeah. Clemson's not in there. Oklahoma's not in there. Ohio State's not in there. Teams we all expect to be in the top four, not there. Cincinnati, one game out of being in the playoff. They'll be, they'll be ranked next week in the top four. Oh, 100%. Should be. As like, long as you know, they win. Handle Temple, yeah. Yeah. 
But, I mean, other than that, I mean, Michigan breaks the top ten. BYU breaks the top ten. Both well-deserved, I think. Michigan State at 11. Yeah. Oklahoma State, another high, yeah. now a highly ranked Big 12 team. They finally are getting some love, even though, man, Oklahoma State is like the cat with nine lives. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, you, you referenced Spencer Sandler's throws like three picks. Oh, yeah. And and uh, Baylor just can't score. Yeah. Arkansas, after absolutely getting thumped, only dropped five spots, still in the top 15. I think that's a big respect to Sam Pittman and what he's done for that program. Kentucky. Love seeing Kentucky yeah. jump up top there. Six, yeah, 16. 16th, number 16, from unranked to 16. Yeah. Big jump. Auburn jumps, 18. Wake Forest is now in the top 20 as yeah. an undefeated ACC team. Florida staying in the top 20 with two losses. I don't see losses. how. I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction. They won't be there in about three weeks. But I think a big story, though, is Texas. Yeah. Texas now ranked. That'll be a ranked matchup for Red River. Texas has really turned it on. And, it, and, and we talked about it last week, man. You and I have been very high on Casey Thompson. Yeah. You just wonder what does that Arkansas game look like. Yeah. I mean, are you undefeated right now in the top ten? I mean, you never know. You, that's, you literally could have a top 15 matchup. Yeah. One uh, one team I think nobody's really talking about and somebody I think who should be mentioned because of how much chaos we have this year, Coastal Carolina, number 15. They're undefeated. Yeah. The Chanticleers, they're, the mullet man. Their season's very favorable for two for them to be undefeated at the end of the year. I mean, like, eh. If there's enough chaos in front of them, they could sneak in somewhere. Yeah, the old mullet chickens definitely definitely got a shot there. Notre Dame falling only to 14 is interesting, too. Yeah. I mean, to me, they, they should have fell a little further. I but, think that's a respect to Cincinnati more than anything, maybe. Uh, that's a good point. I like that take. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take that all day long. But for me, my bright spot, you know, we, we did our uh, preseason prediction show. Yeah. And I put Ohio State in the playoff over uh, Oklahoma. Yeah. Or Clemson. I can't remember who I left out. And I, and after the show, I was like, dude, I don't know if that was the right pick. It's not looking bad. No, not looking I bad. I mean, they're hanging in there. And and let's be honest, Oklahoma and, and Ohio State play tomorrow. Who are you picking? I'll pick Ohio State all day. By far. Yeah, yeah. and Oklahoma's ranked ahead of them. So, be real interesting there. Buckeyes uh, uh, keep it rolling there in the Big Ten. So, yeah, I'm, I'm – I'm, I mean, what's left to do other than pick some football games? Hey, I'm down. Let's do it. Not a – I mean, good slate of games this week. Yeah. But – to, for me, some pretty easy picks, which means we'll go two and seven in our picks, and there'll be a ton of chaos. That sounds about right. Where you want to start? Let's start here. Might as well. Uh, Georgia, number two, rolling into the plains to play a number eighteen Auburn. Let's let's just start here. Georgia's a fourteen point favorite. Opening up. Yeah. So, man, I, it, this this kind of I'm a Georgia fan, obviously, but this kind of sucks for me because like I have been very high on Auburn. And I think Brian Harson is having a really good season. Like I yep. said, you're eight points away from being undefeated rolling into this football game. And you talk about a scene that would be. Uh, we literally have seen the scenario where Auburn plays a big game, plays well, goes against another team next week, can't get up for it, almost loses. Well, Georgia is not Georgia State. Georgia not only gets the win on the road, but covers. I think they beat them by, <laughs> I hate to, three scores, 17? I like that. I like that. You know, this thinking of Georgia history, it, it bothers me for this one reason. Oh, it's definitely we, scary. We yeah, remember yeah. remember 2017. We were we uh went to the playoffs. You know, we dog crap. One one loss. Whipped the dog crap to out. Auburn on the plains, and they beat the absolute dog doo doo out of us. That doesn't happen this year. 
Bo Nix, Bo Nix's magic looked great against LSU. You wasn't running from 99. I say you're not running from 99 and 17 and 19. All these other dudes chasing you down. 41. That ain't it. Ain't gonna happen. I mean, Georgia. Uh, shoot, I'm gonna give them 21 points. To be honest with you, honestly, man. I was I was going there, but I just said we'll just call it three scores and give them a little bit of courtesy. But yeah, give us uh, dogs all day. They're dogs all day. Um, let's go, Ole Miss, Arkansas. So battle the one loss. What? They're not going to like this. Little brothers right little, now. Little brothers. Little brothers. Uh, this is a this is a big freaking game. It is. I mean, th- you got to believe whoever wins this finishes second in the West. Yeah. Um, even though Arkansas still has their goals in front of them because they'll right. get to play the head of the West still. Um, I have got to go Ole Miss. Yeah. And I wouldn't think yesterday before the games kicked off, I think I'd have gone the opposite way. I think Ole Miss has an offense that Arkansas cannot stop. Do you know the spread on this game? It's five points Ole Miss right now. Ooh. Ooh. I will say give me Ole Miss. They don't cover. Ole Miss by a field goal. I'm taking the Hogs. Okay. I got to be honest with you. and I'm going to assume here K.J. Jefferson is going to be fully healthy. He obviously wasn't for the Georgia game. They had to sub in Malik some too. But well, I think they did that because the game was And that's over. probably true too. But here's the thing about it. After watching Ole Miss play Alabama this weekend, Arkansas's offense plays to Ole Miss's defense pure weakness. That running game they use, that option game they use. That's a good point. That's I a mean, very good point. I got Ole Miss is at home. I got to give them that. They still have a Heisman contender quarterback. I got to give them that. But – Man, I tell you what, Arkansas is not as bad as that 37-point loss shows. I will tell you that all day. I think Arkansas is a good team. I think their running game is going to dominate Ole Miss's defense. I'm going to take Arkansas by – I'm going to say six points. Alabama dominated that football game because they took away the RPO from uh, from Matt Corral. Arkansas, I don't believe, can do that. And that I don't think too. their defense – like you, you look at what Matt Corral was able to do against Alabama in terms of not running the football, yeah. I don't think they'll be able to repeat that. I think you, if you take away those slant routes at Ole Miss, then Matt Corral is going to gash you for 20, 25 yards because he can do that. Give me the Rebels. Where are we going next? Let's go to where, uh, where game day probably should have went. Top four matchup here, Penn State at Iowa. Battling undefeated. One of these teams will not be undefeated in this game. Who do you got? I think this pick is pretty easy. Um, you know, Penn State came out, handles business against Indiana. I was very high on this Penn State-Indiana game. I thought Penn State was going to come out and try to cream their freaking crop because of last year's, you know, miracle win that probably shouldn't have been, bars, um, <laughs> against Indiana. And, you know, they jump out early, 14 to nothing at halftime. It ends 24 to nothing. They only put 10 more points on Indiana. Ultimately, Indiana just couldn't score. Penn State playing great defense, which is what we're expecting, especially. But at home, wide out, Indiana's like 2-2. Two and two. I thought they'd beat the brakes off of them. Cyhawk is freak. I mean, not Cyhawk. The Hawkeyes are freaking great, man. Yeah. I think they're playing really good football. I'm very high on them. It's a home game, too. Maybe closer than the experts think. I would guess the spread's like, what, three or four? Actually, I know when I first checked it, it was three. It's already moved down to two and a half since then. That would make sense. I'm sure a lot of people are going to lay the points on Penn State thinking they're going to win outright. Give me the Hawkeyes, man. The Hawkeyes at home, and if it's two and a half, they cover. Yeah, I mean, I got to put my I got to put my faith in the Hawkeye defense right now. I mean, they look good against Maryland. I think, I think Penn State has a little bit better of an offense, but – 
man, that all, that Iowa defense is good. Answer it's, some questions for me real quick. Sorry okay. to interrupt you there, but uh, but help me out. Penn State and Auburn played where? In Penn State. Why did Penn State only like like why did Auburn lose that football game? Auburn's defense. Exactly. And Auburn plays very bad. Defense. Exactly. Iowa plays very great. Defense. That's all I need to know. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to take Iowa. I, I think it's a low-scoring game. I think Iowa – I'm going to take the under there. I don't think Iowa wins by two and a half. I think they win by maybe one or two points. Dang, that, that hook gets you, huh? Jordan yeah. said two. He said, I ain't giving him two and a half. No, I ain't giving him two, two and, and a half. hook, baby. That, I know what Vegas is trying to do. <laughs> all right, so we're both on We're both on the old Hawkeyes there. Uh, an interesting, especially for Georgia coming up, an interesting SEC matchup here. LSU coming off a loss. Yeah. Undefeated Kentucky. I think they're playing at Kentucky. Bluegrass. Yeah, they're playing in the bluegrass. Who you got? This one's kind of tough to me. I think I think Max Johnson is is way superior of a quarterback than what Kentucky has. To me, Kentucky does a lot of things average or a little bit below average. I mean, they're not that great of a team, but they consistently do, they, average. They're consistently average, and I think that's why they're five and zero right now. LSU. Like I said, I pick, I would have picked Auburn because of the way you look at the stats. LSU does not have good stats when it comes to yards per game or yards allowed per game. At home, this was going to be close, but I'm picking Kentucky. I mean, right now, they're, okay. they're a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Give me Kentucky by a field goal. I think they keep rolling. I acted surprised. I'm not. I think that's the right pick. Uh, Mama's rule of college football, 50-50 game. You go with the home team. I mean, LSU gets beat by Auburn last week, just barely escapes Mississippi State. Uh, I, I'm, I feel like Kentucky is better than Mississippi State. I would take Kentucky in that football game if they played. Kentucky's the home team. Consistently average wins ball games. Yeah. Let's be honest. Like Call it what you want. Uh, play mistake-free, clean football. You know, you win a lot of football games. Low penalties, low mistakes. Give me the, give me the Wildcats. Get your I head in the you. game. So let's go to this Big Ten matchup here. Guy I thought was going to be fired by now, but has actually turned the team around pretty good. Dad, Scott go Frost in Nebraska. Michigan rolls on in Nebraska here. So far, I mean, it's it's a top ten matchup for uh, Nebraska. Michigan's five and zero. Nebraska's three and three. Michigan's only a three point favorite on the road going to Nebraska. Who do you got? Man, this is a scary one, right? the The reason that this season has been tough. Oh, almost another bars there. I've been on it this episode. The reason this season has been tough to predict is because you look at the trends, right? Mm-hmm. We pick ten games every week on Pick'em, right? Four out of the five weeks, there's been at least five teams lose who were outright favorites. Right. And we've seen massive upsets. I mean, even this past week, uh, Oregon gets beat, right? Yeah. You go upset hunting. Like, I sent y'all that photo. One of the, like, you can almost guarantee one of these massive favorites will lose. Find it. Who's it going to be? To me, this week, if we're playing the law of averages, as much as I don't want to say, I would not be surprised if Nebraska wins. Right. I picked against Michigan this week. I've been very high on Michigan. I don't make that mistake again. Bars. Give me Michigan <laughs> on the road. Scott Frost has turned that program around. I think they're now even even at 3-3. Three and three. They almost won that 50th anniversary game against Oklahoma. Holy right. cow, how close and how big would that have been? But the Wolverines have found something, man. They found a little magic. They're playing very well. That run game is dynamic. The only thing I believe is if you can take away the run game, which Wisconsin somehow could not do, I don't believe Cade McNamara can beat you down the field, but Nebraska is not that guy. They're not that defense. Give me Michigan. 
Yeah, I mean, I got to take Michigan here. I mean, Michigan's defense on average is a little bit better than Nebraska's. I mean, Blake Corum played well for Nebraska, for uh, Michigan running the ball so far. I think Cade McNamara is good enough to win. I don't think he's great by any means, but I think he's good enough to win. I, I think Michigan's the better team overall, and while I think an upset could be looming, i kind of be stupid not to pick Michigan in this scenario. Five or up, five or down, confidence. Hmm. I'd say – I'd say down. I'm with you. I go five lower. I'm telling you, this has upset written all the way over it. Bro, we got a rivalry rivalry matchup here. The Red River rivalry or the Red River showdown, depending on – Say that ten times fast. Depending on who you ask. Okay, that ten times fast. Okay. Depending on who you ask there, Oklahoma, Texas. What at the start – this is interesting. The start of this season, this pick is easy. The middle of the season, it's like, oh, we switch. Of course, the other team. Now, I'm back on Texas. Texas and Casey Thompson has found something. Almost got caught sleepwalking against TCU. I'm sure they were a little bit looking ahead. Mm -hmm. Plus, that game had upset alert written all over it. That was actually one of the highest picks this week in Vegas was for uh, TCU there. And actually, TCU did get the points. So, if you you laid TCU with the points, you made some money. I just think Oklahoma's luck runs out. Uh, Texas has kind of always, or in the past a little bit, you, you know, you look at Dicker the kicker, that very famous, you know, long field goal he kicks yeah. to beat Oklahoma. To me, in the last five years, Texas has kind of been the mainstay in this rivalry. Um, man, one of the biggest rivalries in football, and I just have to – who would you have ever thought you would be? we'd be putting money on Casey Thompson instead of Spencer Rattler? What's the line in this? Three and a half points, Oklahoma. I think Texas wins it outright. I think Texas is playing better defense. I think uh, Casey Thompson just gives that offense a better look. I think Texas is undefeated if they'd have started him from Jump Street. Give me hook 'em horns. Oklahoma's a three and a half point favorite. Yes, they are. I like Spencer Rattler a lot. Yes, we do. I think Lincoln Riley's a great coach. Yes, he is. So with that being said, come on, give me the horns. Come on, bro. Give me the horns, Casey Thompson. Has been dynamic for Texas since he took over. I think Bijan Robinson's an excellent running back. I mean, you could probably make an argument for one of the top running backs in the country. I don't think Oklahoma's seen a running back like this. I don't think you need to let those yards allowed stat by Oklahoma fool you. I mean, so far, uh, per game, they're only allowing 83.6 rushing yards a game. I think their offense is better, but I still don't think they've seen a running back like B. John Robinson yet. I think the combination of Thompson being able to throw the ball and Robinson being able to run on Oklahoma is going to get them the dub in Austin. Give me the horns. Give me the horns. I love it. I love it. You mess with the bull, you get the horns, Oklahoma. You're going to get the horns. This will be fun to watch, though. It will be. Another... You almost feel like elimination game here in the Big Ten. Yeah. Same with this one. I mean, uh, to me, this is you could almost say it's a Big Twelve elimination yeah. game. Texas's goals are even though with the one loss are completely in front of them. Yeah. I mean, they lost to a good SEC team, so you know, undefeated yeah. in the Big Twelve. We will see what happens here. Jordan, where can the people find you? Instagram, Twitter, J Harris underscore six, and then grocery shopping here in a minute. I got to do that too. I'll be at Walmart and Sam's if you want to find me. Uh, you can find me at Connor Mason Chandler on Instagram, Connor Chandler on Facebook and Twitter. You can find us at B Brothers Pod. That's B Brothers P O D on Twitter. We've been jumping over there at Bash Brothers on Facebook and Bash Brothers 
podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. Uh, we said it last week, your grandma's record player. We did check. She does have a nice one. Dude, yeah. it's vintage. Oh, yeah. It's wooden, and she cleans it once a week. It's nice. It's pretty. It's, oh, man, the Dust sound. Free. Come on, the sound that comes off that bad boy. Uh, enjoy some football. Uh, tweet at us with some hot takes. Obviously, we'll be there. Jump over to our uh, Friday Pick'ems. Hop on board there on Twitter. Let's see. Let's see what y'all got. But as always, we are the Bash Brothers. Signing off. Yerp.